It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get into our numbers game and our predictions. All right, Dan, every week, ChicagoTribune.com numbers package. Always enjoy it. How about giving us a sampling of what uh, is going to be in there this week? All right. Since we're talking about Justin Fields, I'll give you uh, the number three. And that's the number of passing touchdowns Justin Fields threw in the first half in his last visit to Cleveland. I know we all want to talk about week three in 2021, Justin's first start as a rookie. But the last time he walked into this building, David, uh, in Cleveland, he, he threw in a preseason finale in 2022. <laughs> he completed 14 of 16 passes for 156 yards and three touchdowns before halftime. Those touchdown passes, by the way, were to Ryan Griffin, Dante Pettis, and Cole Komet. So the demons from that uh, – First year start in Cleveland were vanquished a year ago. Is that the way now, it works? And not yeah. So yeah, is that those the way it gone. works? They're they're gone. The preseason vanquished those, and now Justin's got a chance to, to write a new chapter on Sunday. That's not a bad one, but I don't think that's the way it works. I still <laughs> think that the, if, if Miles Garrett is playing, I don't think he played. Miles Garrett did not play in that game. So if he's on the field, I'm think I'm going back to his first career start. But what's the next one? All right, twelve. It's the number of Cleveland Browns currently on injured reserve. That includes six Week One starters. You're talking about Jack Conklin. Nick Chubb, Deshaun Watson, Jedrick Willis on the offensive side of the ball. You're talking about Grant Delpit put there this week, Rodney McLeod, another safety. And pretty soon it's possible that Agbo Okoronkwo, I had to try to pronounce that and practice that before the show, Agbo Okoronkwo could be headed there with a pec injury. He won't play this weekend. And so you look at this team. We talked about it in the opening. Uh, Ethan Pochett, uh, the stinger, Joel Batonio, he's banged up. David Njoku didn't practice on Thursday. He's got a knee problem. Dewan Jones, out. Maurice Hurst, out. All these other guys that are on injured reserve or, 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 or currently just not practicing and, and likely unavailable, that team is beat up. And that's a, uh, a problem for Cleveland and a nice, nice timing uh, gift for the Bears. That's a good one. I, I like that one because it also just speaks to just how why this game is more. Uh, I, I think why the Bears have a chance in this game. Why people are thinking the Bears can actually do something in this game. I mean, Cleveland is that's a lot of players to be without at this stage of the season. All right, I have one for you, and it's three and one. Is that a number? That's a statistic. Three and one. And now we got it down there to get it to later, but I want to get into it now. The Bears are three and one when they win the coin toss <laughs> and take the ball. And I, I don't think it's as simple as people want to make it out to be. The analytics you can find that you should defer, you should avoid the double dip and all the things and reasons why you do and follow conventional wisdom. Dan, I don't mind it from the Bears perspective. I think it's case by case. But number one, they have an offense that you can look at the numbers and the analytics and says they're very good in the first quarter. The yards per play, yards per rush, yards per pass, all very positives in top five or ten in the league. And secondly, when you have a defense that wants to be aggressive and is fueled by the attack, like a lot of defenses are, especially this one, if you get an early lead, it changes the way that you approach that game plan defensively. So I think the Bears easily can justify going against the grain and I understand why Matt Eberflus is doing 
what he's doing. And I almost like respect it because it'd be so easy for a coach on the hot seat to say, well, I am so afraid of the reaction to this. It is against the grain and I'm going to follow the analytics. And he's saying the opposite. He's going to listen to his guy, Harry Freed. He's going to say, well, you know what? This makes sense for us. So this is what I'm going to do. Well, yeah, I was going to say part of his explanation on Wednesday was talking about the discussions he has regularly with Harry Freed and, and coming up um, with kind of the, the spreadsheet or whatever you want to call it, matching up the strengths of your team early in a game versus the weaknesses of another team early in a game and trying to, to figure out what the calculus is there. You mentioned it. They've, they've won the toss four times and taken the ball those times. I'd have to go back and, and double check how many times they've lost the toss and gotten the ball because the other team naturally defers and where they're at. Um, the key here is just making sure that if you're going to take the ball first, you go capitalize on that opening drive. Last week's a perfect example where, and we'll get into some of this a little bit later, where you go and you put together a, a energizing opening drive touchdown march, and it ends with a, a, a fun play at the end of it, and you felt the stadium come alive. And so the emotions that play into these things are, are, are significant. Now, the momentum changed on you before halftime, and if your defense doesn't come out to start the second half playing like it did. You've got a chance to be down twenty to ten at, with the Lions, you know, scoring ten unanswered points without uh, you having the ball, really, you know. And so, so there's a danger to it. But I think to your point, there's also a feel to it. There's a strength versus weakness matchup to things, and 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 the Bears are are you know going with what feels right to them. And and you know, three and one certainly would feel great to everybody if that that continues. All right, back to your numbers because I just wanted to get that in there before we. Before I forgot. Yeah, last one I have for you is six, and that's stopping the season at week four <laughs> when the Bears were on four and restarting it at week five. And there are six NFC teams that have had a winning record since the start of week five. The Bears are one of them. The Dallas Cowboys are an NFC best seven and two. The 49ers, Eagles, Lions, and Vikings all six and three. And then those Bears, five and four, would be the number six seed in, in, in the in the NFC <laughs> if we could just erase what happened weeks one through four. See, I I am not going to deny the progress that we've seen. And it's great yeah. to experience. But you also just can't eliminate the first month. <laughs> Wait, I, I, mean, the, I just did. I just did it. I we know you did. Play off football. I know it's too. great to do, and and I think that that's what Matt Eberflus wants us to do. <laughs> I get it, but like you know, finishing strong is great. Starting strong is great too. So that is an interesting number, though. It does indicate that things are trending in the right direction, um, which when is I, play, I think building a lot of momentum going into Cleveland. When I play golf, sometimes I get to the, the end of the round and I just say, you know what? I'm erasing the numbers on the first four holes and I just sat 72. I, I <laughs> Well, you can't do that. That's cheating. I mean, that's oh, cheating. Okay. Okay. And the thing is, it's like, that, that's what makes you think like, okay, if, if only they had a preseason. Hmm. They did. Right. They ignored the preseason. They took September as their preseason and they're paying for it. And if it yeah, costs him his job, he'll regret it. But I don't know if it'll cost him his job based on the way things are trending. Let's get studs in here to make our predictions. All right, studs. Voila. There he is. <laughs> My hand and he appears. So this is a game where there's I've been struck by and I shouldn't be surprised. Tons of optimism in Chicago. I said this. I said this morning on the radio, Chicago sports don't fans and media. We don't always handle success that well, and I think we're a little drunk with it this week. So that brings us to our predictions: Bears and Browns. Browns are eight and five, playing at home in December. 
was the Super Bowl winning quarterback, Joe Flacco. Elite. He's elite. Okay, <laughs> now he's 38 as well. He's an elite 38 year old. Studs, what do you think? So I actually, specifically because what you were saying right there, David, I really tried to look at this game and and not get overly optimistic and not like drink the Kool-Aid, if you will, because like, you know, it is fun coming off of the, the win against the Lions and, you know, winning two in a row for the first time in the two years. And so I, then I look at, Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All the injuries the Browns have, I look at Joe Flacco, who, look, yeah, he was really good in a playoff run at one point and is a respected veteran, I guess. But I think I, – I look at this similar to what I did against the, against the Vikings a few weeks ago on Monday night. Josh Dobbs was coming in, had been playing pretty well, but I was thinking – and a lot of people were thinking he's going to slide back to, to, to reality, if you will. I look at the Joe Flacco the same way. I don't think he's going to play as well as he has the last couple of weeks. I think he's going to come back to reality a little bit. I think it's going to be a, a dog fight, if you will, in the in the dog pound. And it's going to be one of those games where teams are scratching for points, but not the same way it was with Minnesota, where really they're just both playing terrible. So I, I, I got the Bears winning 19-16. to 16 And uh, you know, I'll go ahead and call another Cairo Santos walk-off fuel just for the heck of it. That'd be great. They should reward it that if it happens with a trip to Brazil next year. That'd be great. Hold that thought. Uh, <laughs> Studs and I have been on the same page the last two weeks, and I have the same point total for the Cleveland Browns, 16. I have the Bears scoring 17. I have the Chicago Bears winning their third consecutive game with a road upset of the Cleveland Browns. David, I had no intention of leaning this direction when the week began. I thought this Browns defense was exactly the kind of defense that was going to bring the Bears back to reality. I thought we were going to wake up on Monday with the entire city shouting at Luke Getze again for not being able to manage any momentum in in a game that the Bears badly needed. That injury report has swayed me all week long. The number of names that have been added to it, the number of names that are still on it, the number of guys that aren't going to play this weekend, and you couple that with the Bears' overall health on both sides of the ball, and you just say sometimes in December the healthier team wins. In this case, the healthier team is the Chicago Bears. They win. They get to 6-8. and eight. Wow. That's a big prediction. Oh, by the way, I think we didn't really cover. Maybe it didn't happen this week at Howell Saw the, the Luke Getzey bus toss. I did not get, did not get that uh, uh, memo. Did they cancel that this week? He sounded like he was pretty good at the podium. <laughs> I don't think he. There's no bus. There's no bus. He was great at the podium as usual. <laughs> I, I there do. was. I, I think there was a lot. A lot more, uh, at least on the Bernstein and Home show, there was like, "Hey, we're glad to hear him take a, like full accountability for yeah. the for messing up for, for, yeah, for yeah for the fourth play. and one play with DJ Moore and him saying I didn't have Justin prepared enough on that play and I thought Look, that that was a little works some, a little a tiny little thumb point you know just a little bit so yeah that's, he, that's that was good it was really good that's we've so, never really heard him do that we all have kind of similar uh, approaches you know attrition is impossible to ignore I don't have a ton. I'll, I'll probably regret this uh, Sunday night when we're talking about it. Uh, I, I don't have a ton of faith 
in Flacco, despite the fact that he can still wing it. I do respect him. I was a Flacco guy back when he, they were debating whether or not he was elite. Um, but I think that the Bears can get to him. I think Montez Sweat can get to him. And I think in the dog pound, this defense will bear its teeth and the Bears will control the game defensively. I've got it 19-17 Bears. Maybe it will be a last-second Santos field goal. I'm not sure what it will be. It'll probably be one touchdown and four field goals, and the Bears got to feel good about the kicker. In that environment, Justin Fields protects the football. And this is the other thing. The Bears are only one of two teams that are in the top five in the league in terms of rushing offense and rushing defense. The 49ers are the other. That's something they need to lean into. That's part of their identity. And when they do that this week against a Browns team full of backup backups, I think they win the game and they get out of there. And they're six and eight, and it makes next week a little bit more entertaining. Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt, the backs that they're going to have to keep their uh, their arms around this weekend. So we're all taking the under on this one. Over-under is 38 and a half, and we're still hitting the under for all three of us. Wow. Feels safe. It yeah. does feel it very did, yeah, I don't, yeah, I would if I, if I were to make a bet, I would take the under. 